Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, speculation concerning Marvel films, TV shows, all that kind of stuff. I'm Caleb. We've got Rhiannon. We've got Adam. And um, we're all back here on a dreary Saturday morning. How are you guys doing? I am so tired of these dreary Saturday mornings. This is this is just gross. I love dreary Saturday mornings. I love dreary days. Did I ever tell you my... It's probably the depression, but the uh, I love rainy days. I do, there's something about rainy days. Like, I, I like a rainy, I don't know. I just, I keep making plans for Sundays. Like I had gotten into a nice, sat- or Saturdays, I had gotten into this nice Saturday routine where I met my bestie and we went to the farmer's market and like I got up and I did stuff. And then like, I woke up this morning and it was raining and the guy that sells tamales doesn't come to the farmer's market when it's raining. So why even go? Say so what's the point at that point? <laughs> why even go? I really drag myself there for the tamales. So yeah, no, it's weird. Like I know we've had really mild winter, and so like it's like, hey, we haven't had much snow, but it also means like it's just been the same gray, slushy nothingness for like three months on end. You know, like just ready for something different. Yeah. The uh, land of Iowa, we are having uh, tornadoes and snow within the span of 24 hours. Ugh. That's what gives you tornadoes, Adam. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, I mean, the mild, hot, cold weather fluctuations are what makes, like, literally the well, air yeah, spread. I thought that, but, like, but... maybe not cold enough to snow, like yeah. blizzard, but. Yeah. Um. The uh, the uh, Coralville IHOP is a, a victim to the tornado. <gasps> I'm Lots so sorry. of prayers to the Coralville IHOP. So sorry. So sorry. A bunch of other businesses, but IHOP's the one I frequent. Yeah. Since we last talked, I went up and I went to a maple sugar farm or a maple syrup farm where they like harvest the maple from the trees during the harvest and did a pancake breakfast, which... Mm was delicious as far as pancakes go but i don't like pancakes and syrup so like it's on a curve um french toast or what um i like french toast with syrup i grew up eating pancakes savory like my mom Mm. always made them with pieces of bacon in them and then cream Mm. and chicken soup on top what i've never heard that but that sounds amazing i love chicken soup it's cream and chicken soup on top of pancakes not like like i i realize some people when they make pancakes they put sugar in the pancake batter so there was never sugar in the pancake batter but you do regular pancakes Mm. with cream and chicken soup Mm. so it's kind of sort of like chicken and dumplings it is a lot like chicken and dumplings it's kind of got to me it sounds like a uh biscuits and gravy kind of situation you know yeah yeah it's that same family of foods and everything so i mean but anyways the maple syrup straight from the trees is delicious Mm. Um, and the grade b is better than grade a right isn't that the weirdness of syrup it, so the color is what seemed to matter for me. So when the yeah. color is lighter, so the trees, the tree sap is fructose and sucrose. And earlier in the season, it's a light, the lighter brown is more sucrose. So it tastes sweeter and, and has a different flavor. And then as it warms up, the trees emit more fructose than sucrose, I think. Um, I might have that backwards. Don't quote me on it, but 
and the flavor changes. So like all of your maple candies and stuff are made from like the golden syrup, which tasted amazing. And Mm -hmm. then like later in the season, you get the darker syrup, which is like, I I didn't like the flavor of it as much, but Mm -hmm. they can't make candies out of that. It doesn't have enough sugar in it. Okay. Imagine being a tree. And you grew up for 200 years for someone to come poke a hole in you and tell you, oh, your syrup's not too good. Thoughts and prayers to <laughs> Thoughts and prayers to the, the trees, trees and their missions. I mean, like, I didn't go out and shout at them. Like, and it's not that their syrup's not good. It's that later in the season, it just, like, loses its flavor. Uh, so this is really, I'm looking this on. So the, the stuff that's later in the season is the grade B stuff, the darker stuff. Yeah historically a was considered better because it was lighter and sweeter or whatever but modern american consumers tend to prefer grade b now they actually like it a little for their pancakes they like it like the darker richer flavor and not the lighter flavor oh man well i have the grade a amber color in my fridge from the trip because that's what i like the most and it did they let us taste some before it was filtered which they refused to sell it to you before it's filtered but that was amazing. That was just the flavor and everything that I guess still has a little tree pulp or something in it. I don't know. Yeah. But it was That's delicious. like drinking milk straight from the udder. Yeah. yeah. I was about to say, it's like unpasteurized milk. Yeah. I'm surprised they, they they cared. Were you in Vermont or New Hampshire? I was in New York. Oh, in New York. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we joked because like the joke in North Carolina, like North Carolina, they can't sell unpasteurized milk, but you can buy it for your dog or right. you can, you know, and stuff like that. And so like we were standing there. Yeah. I was like, can I buy something to feed to my cat? And I promise not for human. And they're like, no, before we let you taste it, we tell you we can't sell it. Stop asking us. Um, but it was a really cool experience. Like if you ever get to go to the sugar harvest, um, it was really interesting to see everything that goes on there. Yeah. And then I went to King Arthur and I baked a bunch of stuff and now I'm fat because I wasn't fat before. All right, Rhiannon. I mean, we might as well talk about, do you want to tell people about the door? Cause I thought that was the coolest thing about your baking stuff. Um, so at King Arthur and like, they didn't tell, I didn't learn about this until like the second day I did four days of classes they have a door there that is painted a specific color because they don't bake their stuff to temperature or, you know, by time or anything. They have a door there for the bakers to look at as the reference of when stuff is this shade of brown, it is done. And I shared a picture of the door, but it's yeah. brown. I mean, it's You're going nice to be pulling it up on your iPhone every time you bake now, though, right? Like, I can just see you, like... Like the lesson that they had of it was just like home bakers check on their food too much in the oven and yep. they take it out too early. I mean, that was just like their lesson. They were like, don't open your oven door. It's not done yet. Let it keep baking. Cause every time you open your oven door, you lose 50 degrees and it has to catch back up. Um, and it was just let it keep baking until it's done. And then of course I came home and I tried stuff and uh, I didn't let it bake that long. <laughs> I haven't cooked yeah. anything to the door of doneness yet. So we'll see. I really struggle with that when I do stuff on the grill, like steaks and stuff. Like I'm always so worried about overcooking that, you know, like I just like mess with it way too much. Cause it's, yeah. 
you know. Yes. So it was good times. Highly recommend. All right. So here's the plan. Um, we are back in part because it's been a while and there's nothing coming out from the MCU apparently ever again. I don't know. <laughs> it's been a long dry spell, but we've got a bunch of news. And so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the news. We'll do like a news roundup and guys to make this a little more fun. I don't know if it'll be fun. Um, we're just going to spin the metaphorical wheel of news. So I have six different news stories and I'll let you guys pick a number and whatever number it is, that's the news story we'll talk about. Um, first of all, I should say off the front, uh, there is a news story about really terrible things happening with a major MCU cast member that we're not going to talk about just because, I don't know, it's weird and it's icky and it's terrible and I don't feel like talking about how it affects Avengers Kang Dynasty. <laughs> it's probably the best way to have discourse about things that are terrible like that, so... Uh, we're probably going to skip that one. I think if you guys need to know how we feel about people mistreating other people, you don't you haven't listened to the show much. <laughs> so that does that for that. Does that sound good, guys? Yeah. I had All lots right. of thoughts about that, though. <laughs> but okay. Uh, I know, I know, but we'll <laughs> we'll talk. That's about okay. <laughs> Let's do. I have one, two, three, four. Yeah, so I have six stories. Rhiannon, I'll let you go first. Give me a number one to six, and we'll spin the wheel of news. Man, it's six. We should roll the dice. Oh, that's true. Hold on. I don't know how to make a a sound for roll the dice, though. Yeah, yeah. But I'm going to roll. I just Googled dice roller, so I'm hitting the six. Okay. And I rolled a three. Bum, ba, da, bum. Okay, so we have a release date for Secret Wars. Apparently it's coming June 21st, and they started to do a little media about it. Variety Vanity Fair, I think, put out an article yesterday, which I don't know why Vanity Fair is covering this, but anyways, they talked to Samuel Jackson some. Uh, the biggest news that they say is not a spoiler is that we finally found out that um, uh, the woman whose name I can't remember that everybody thought was going to be Abigail Brand is actually going to be Talos's daughter. So, um, yeah. So we have a, a release date. We have some news about the show. Any thoughts about Secret Invasion and what's coming? Okay. Yeah, no, you said Secret Wars at first. And I'm like, what? what? Oh, sorry. Secret Invasion. <laughs> My brain just misfired. Uh, so, I mean, the biggest takeaway from this, if it's not coming till June, is that there's no way they get five series out this year, which I think we kind of assumed anyways. But uh, Colby Smolder said something along the lines of how there's nobody in um, spandex or tights or something. So it's going to be the MCU's first grounded and gritty series. I'm excited. It should be a nice fresh change of pace they i mean that's the thing with disney plus the, the stuff they've released everything's been different from everything else you know um and this is going to be different again so that kind of helps the uh fatigue some people may be feeling you know yeah well and along those lines i think don Cheadle also said it's the first time that he's done something as roadie where he's not going to suit up his war machine, I guess is kind of the feel that we got about that. So 
I'm I'm still really excited about it. Like I've I've really liked what we see so far. I I'm just like floored that we're going half a year without any Marvel shows on Disney Plus. It seems like a huge drought. So I hope whatever is happening behind the scenes, whatever's getting shifted, adjusted, edited, VFXed, which I know will come up in a later discussion, we that I hope it means we're going to get better TV on Marvel Plus. Mm-hmm. I mean, on Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of weird. I mean, even if you're only going to do two or three shows, the way they've done it, so this one's starting at the end of June. So, oh, okay, you're going to, put those two or three shows in a six month period instead of like spreading them out over 12 months. Um, I think that's weird. And I think there's been a feel that um, I don't know, like up until now, there's been kind of the sense that like this show has been pretty done. Like, I feel like this thing's been in the can forever. I feel like they wrapped on it like a year ago. Maybe that's not right, but it's kind of weird, I guess, for them to hold off so long. And then at the same time, they've got two Star Wars shows going at the same time for a few weeks here. It is a bit bizarre the way stuff has, like, you know, been spread out. I do think the Talos' daughter reveal is, it's it's interesting only in as much as that's who that particular actress is. I mean, I think we it was so telegraphed in Captain Marvel that the daughter was going to come back down the road as somebody who was, you know, more militantly traditionally a scroll. I mean, I feel like that was, that was put there very clearly back in March of 2019. So the idea that she would come back as a character to me is not surprising really at all. I'm just really excited for the Marvel world after this and seeing what scrolls are out there and what all, you know, just, it, it feels like that's something that's going to be pretty big. Um. So I want to see it. Yeah, it'll be interesting how much it tries to like retcon things, you know, like how many things are like, whoa, this thing you thought was this way. Because for a while, I remember Rhiannon for a while, every time we talked about anything, you're like, unless they're a scroll. Like, <laughs> I think you sort of felt like this is going to reset everything. And now it's like a Disney Plus show that they don't even seem concerned about ever getting out. And so... I don't know how significant it is to the overall universe would be an interesting kind of question in part because with the last year, you could take Moon Knight and Miss Marvel and She-Hulk and lop them off the MCU and it would do nothing to sort of like the main storyline of the movies. Like there's just not been much interaction with that stuff so far. So. All right, Adam, you want to pick a number now? So we're, we don't have three. Yeah, three's gone. Where's the dice thing? Hold on. Online dice. Oh, damn. Did I roll a three? No. Four. <laughs> no, I don't four. like four. Hold on. What nerds we are that we don't have a D6 just sitting around. Yeah, it's out in the living room. Uh, yeah, let's go with four. All right, Where's Rhiannon, one? this will be your favorite. Uh, we've gotten a bunch of Daredevil set photos. We've gotten a few um, people being cast. It looks like probably Mayor Fisk is happening. I think we've kind of expected that, but we've seen some stuff. Looks like there's going to be some flashbacks to maybe Fisk as a kid. Um, I don't know. 
any thoughts about the little bit of stuff that's been leaking out of New York so far? I mean, tons of thoughts. Um, mostly the internet is an irritating cesspool of speculation. Um, like, like I, yeah, but other than that, um, oh my gosh, this is just why I'm so excited that they're filming in New York City, you know, because they're out there and they're, and they're in these actual locations. And a lot of it is feeling like the Netflix shows, just as far as, um, them being out on the streets and filming in similar locations. And, um, there's, and we're seeing all kinds of people. Nikki M. James was in some of these pictures that came out. Um, the Fisk looking very political. Um, I, you know, there's, it's just so exciting. It's real. I mean, can you guys believe this happened? I mean, could, could we go back to like 2019 and be like, oh no, they're filming 18 episodes? Like, I would absolutely not believe this and I can't believe it's happening. Um, so it's amazing. Um, and I think, was it confirmed officially that Bernthal is in it? Yeah. He's, he's okay. said something about it. So yeah. Punisher okay. is back. Yeah. That's where like, I can't remember what's rumors, what's, you know, what, what's, what's official and everything. Um, yeah. I mean, so Punisher is back. And he's been quoted as saying he would only come back if it could be the same tone as before. So there's still people just like freaking out all over the internet as the internet does. But everything that I have seen, I am super hyped. I'm very happy about it. Um, everything that I've heard, I'm very hyped about it. I... And just like from what we've seen, there's lots of lawyery stuff. Just, you know, a lot of these outdoor scenes so far have been attorney suits and hanging out in front of courthouses in New York City. So I'm really interested with where they're going. Yeah, there's been a little bit of speculation as well about like dates of stuff. Um, Kingpin is looking a little more like fit and trim and put together compared to like the disheveled kingpin i guess that we got in um hawkeye adam uh, have you followed any of this stuff as far as like do you think we're gonna flash back is it gonna be blippy is it i mean we have to if there's there was like that 70s ish or 80s set photos at some time and someone on twitter said that might be a fist flashback or something Um, yeah there was some 1978 and there were some newspapers there from 1999, I think. Yeah. So, uh, will you get off my keyboard, please? Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Okay, fight me. That's cool. Um, yeah, it's cool. I just can't wait until he gets indicted. That'll be cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous, Adam. Something like that could never happen. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's that's the thing man 2024 is going to be so well it doesn't matter because daredevil's not coming out in 2024 anyway but i don't know it'd be crazy to release that around the election very timely but we'll see for the life of me i just can't wrap my mind around them actually filming 18 episodes and releasing 18 episodes part of me still wants to say that's being split up somehow some way maybe even three seasons of nine episodes or, or something i don't know why but um 
yeah, I suppose we'll see. There was a rumor this week, and just forgive me, like they're all flying at me, and I can't remember where it came from. Oh, wait, no, this came from like one of my least favorite sources out there. I think it was Grace Randolph. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> that they are filming it so that it could be released on network TV or it could be edited to be released on network TV if they wanted to. Like I ABC? Mean, or FX. But that's not, to me, that's not that bizarre because some of Andor got pushed to network TV, right? Like, Yeah, they pushed the pilot of, and just the pilot okay. on ABC of Andor and The Mandalorian. So, but there's some speculation that the 18 episodes, it could be that they're going to try to do like on a network off, off of Disney Plus to try to build the audience. Well, and it's interesting because if you debut it on Disney Plus, the people who really care about it are going to watch it within 24 hours of when it comes out. And then if two months later you put it on ABC, like... Then their parents see it. Yeah, you're just squeezing a few more bucks out. I don't think it hurts you at all. It's kind of an interesting strategy. To me, it's a bit like the um, theatrical plus Disney Plus model, you know, where like they do it theatrically first and then Disney Plus a couple months later, like... I, yeah. I could see it happening. Yeah. I also, my favorite thing that happened this week was James Gunn replying to Grace Randolph. Did you see this? I did not. She was like, I'm hearing that they're very close to to picking so-and-so to play Superman. And his response was just, I've never heard of that actor. <laughs> I love James Gunn on the internet. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. All right, Rhiannon, you want to pick another number? One, two, five, or six? All right, rolling the dice, rolling the dice, five. Five, okay, we're going right in order here. All right, let's talk about um, Captain America New World Order stuff. So little stuff is we've seen a picture of Harrison Ford in the movie. He looks like Harrison Ford. And we've seen Tim Blake Nelson, and he looks like Tim Blake Nelson. But the bigger news is that Betty Ross is apparently returning, whatever, 34 films later from The Incredible Hulk to appear in this movie. Uh, Do you guys like it when they bring back somebody from this long ago? Or is it kind of so long ago that nobody cares? Okay, I don't even remember what Betty Ross's role was, but... I... I mean, I guess there's a point where the familiarity is great. Let's bring, you know, let's bring the familiarity. But this movie is going to have a lot of familiarity. It's going to have Bucky. It's going to have, um, I don't know, who cares? It has Bucky. But, you know, it's going to have enough of the older characters that it's not feeling like a whole new situation where you have to get to know everybody. Um, like, when you have all of these other characters returning, like... um. Florence Pugh and uh so you're oh, thinking Thunderbolts I'm talking I'm thinking Thunderbolts am Order. I thinking Thunderbolts I am thinking Thunderbolts oh my god yep. I'm so sorry Caleb um okay. Captain America New World Order I have literally not thought about no <laughs> well I mean the thing that's a little weird about it is she's a Hulk character and we're getting a lot of Hulk stuff we're getting General Ross back sounds like we'll probably get Red Hulk 
through General Ross. Um, we're getting the leader finally. That tease paid off. We're gonna get Betty Ross. So it's a little weird in that. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of a cynical way to look at it, but we finally get Sam's own Captain America movie, right? Like we finally get a black Captain America, and the movie appears to be a movie about about the Hulk. Like it's all Hulk villains and stuff. So I think. I don't know, Adam, is that a bit bizarre to you that like it's all this Hulk stuff in this movie or does it make sense? Yeah, sure. I mean, there's no way we don't get Red Hulk. You you don't cast Harrison Ford as Thunderbolt and not do uh, Red Hulk. I mean, he's not going to do mocap or anything like that, but uh, he'll get his Red Hulk digi-double. I, I wonder if, because we saw her, uh, this is probably plot spoilers if you avoid set photos and stuff. Um waiting waiting for you to shut off waiting waiting okay so but they were at a funeral apparently so part of me thinks maybe but see i mean they wouldn't kill thunderbolt ross only for him to like break out of the ground with red hulk right isn't that kind of insensitive to mr hurt a little bit yeah i mean they also could do something weird where like red hulk's in it early and then he dies and then somehow she turns into harpy yeah. By the way, is that really what she's called as a superhero? I think it's correct, but she's uh, she's also Red She Hulk. Okay, so she's uh, all yeah, all sorts of stuff. So yeah, it's uh, there's uh, there's a lot of stuff, man. It, like uh, you've since I think Shang Chi was probably the last Marvel movie we've that will get that has like a normal solo character cast. Because Cap 4 is going to be bonkers. Uh, There's rumors that the Serpent Societies, the villains, uh, you know, uh, Thunderbolts is obviously going to be an ensemble, but these movies are just going to get larger and larger and larger and larger. And uh, I mean, it's grown organically, right? Because it it started off phase one with with single suited characters, you know, and and it's growing. But Cap 4 is going to be plenty bonkers. I would guess We'll probably see uh, what's her name, Valentina, in it as well. Yeah, isn't this essentially like a soft prequel to Thunderbolts? That's how well, I'm taking it, at least. I'm kind of hoping it's not though, because those movies right now, at least, come out within like two months of each other, like back to back. It seems a bit much. And I know what you're saying about them getting bigger, but I think that's actually a mistake from Marvel. Like Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum would be a lot different story if they made that movie for 125 million dollars instead of 200 like i'm i don't know i'm kind of wishing that we could get like a more simple one character story you know that doesn't require us with cameos and eight different crossovers and all that kind of stuff but i mean we're already there we have red hulk we're gonna have red she hulk yeah we're gonna have a group of five villains six villains seven villains i don't know just a bunch of snakes or, or they'll go the wrecking crew and it'll just be three guys in an alley with a crowbar that don't appear for the rest of the show. Speaking of stuff that's Marvel televisionified, that kind of went under the radar for many people. The yeah. defendersification of the wrecking crew. <laughs> It's just just a couple guys that work on a construction site. Like <laughs> it is, yeah, it's bizarre. All right, Adam. Uh we've done three of them. I think we've got one, two, and six. What do you Let's want? do two so we can celebrate. 
Oh, you're looking at my list. Yeah, okay. So very happy news. Uh, well, sad news. Disney no, is having no. to fire a lot of people, which is okay, unfortunate. Yeah. But one of those 7,000 people just happens to be Ike Perlmutter, and he's finally gone from Marvel. And there was great rejoicing in the land. Um, it's just kind of amazing. Uh, he's my understanding is he's a pretty big shareholder and has been historically. He was actually being involved behind the scenes. It's been reported and trying to like do the corporate takeover shenanigans that Bob Iger put down earlier this year. Um, I mean, I think we're all happy that Perlmutter is gone. Are you surprised that they were able to finally like root him from the company or what, what are your thoughts? Only 15 years too late. I thought he actually got canned a few years ago. I forgot that he was still there. I honestly don't know what his exact role is. So now they're, it's bizarre. So they're folding Marvel entertainment into other Disney things. So does that mean, um, no, they said, I mean, I didn't even realize they still had Marvel entertainment because I, okay. Cause they said that the Marvel entertainment and the Marvel studios was duplicative Mm -hmm. i should probably pull up the actual language because adam feige's still over the comics right i would guess so but they said that they're folding the see that it's so it's so bizarre why not just make everything marvel studio why i don't so marvel entertainment after studios got tv was nothing but comics and toys or consumer products um so i guess consumer products are technically going to consumer products and uh, do comics go to studios do um comics go to penguin random house you know where where's the comic operations go i mean kevin feige still chief creative officer of marvel entertainment i would guess so maybe uh, i yeah i guess i don't know because Dan okay. Buckley still has his job, so I would get, is Dan reporting to Kevin or? I, I so, don't know. so the article here is that like Marvel Entertainment was a small division centered on consumer products and runs separately from Marvel Studios. So, I mean, like basically, is it just like the toys? In which case, yeah, wrap that up under Disney merchandising. Right. You know, like it doesn't need its own division. But according to this New York Times article, the rest of it is Marvel Studios. Yeah. And to me, this is where the industry is going a bit because Amazon is starting their own comic label, right? Did I get that right? And so... Uh, Not necessarily comics, more of comic adaptations. Okay. But there, I mean, Amazon is going to start producing paper comics to be in conjunction with the television stuff that they're pushing, right? I don't know. I only read the uh, television part of that story. Are they actually <laughs> doing comics? Uh, I thought it was comic adaptations. I mean, they've been trying to do the comic division for a while. I mean, Comixology is Amazon. Yeah. Uh, let me see. And Comixology has originals. Um. Was it Amazon or was it? Um, so else? Joe Casada's big news this week was working for Amazon doing television on a, television based on comics. 
to me, the idea that the companies that make TV shows and movies also will want to be connected to publishing comics like Warner brothers already is over the comic production part on DC. It just, it all makes sense to me that that's the way things would work, you know? But yeah, I mean, so it, it makes sense that the comics would still go. And it's funny because when you look at the sales numbers, Marvel comics is such a small, tiny percentage Mm. of what Disney is. Like it's an important part for them because it gives them, you know, they workshop ideas for the movies down the road, but the comics really are just a, a nothing piece of the company compared to the rest of Disney. It did strike me that this whole thing was a natural sort of progression by by Iger depowering and like increasingly pushing Perlmutter into a smaller and smaller like box. Eventually, when it came time to cut salaries, it would be like, oh, Perlmutter doesn't do anything because we've taken all of his job responsibility. You know, like he's being slowly been fired for the last eight years now, I think. And it's just that finally he's kind of being cut loose from everything altogether. So, yeah, that's where like I seriously thought he he was cut years ago when they did that move. When they did that reshuffling, but like yay for finally cutting him from the books i feel like disney has been doing this both with perlmutter and like at you know at their ceo levels sort of you know like we're getting rid of these people but we're kind of afraid to cut the cord completely and you know sort of not fully going that way so maybe this will be a good thing where they're completely getting rid of some of the older dead weight or maybe we'll realize that these folks were doing something that was important yeah (laughs) we shall see it's always interesting to me when you have these corporate reworkings like disney has because it makes you know like i feel really bad for like the like entry-level employees like i don't know the secretaries or the um uh like people that like work you know are just like average joes like going paycheck to paycheck who get fired in these situations but when they talk about like corporate restructuring and they're like this senior vp is going to be canned and their job is going to get absorbed by this other senior vp my first thought is like how little work were they doing that they could combine both of those job titles into one. And they're like, oh, we'll be fine. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're just going to overwork the guy who's left. But it does seem like there's a lot of fat and a lot of people just like sitting around the office drinking scotches at two in the afternoon, like (laughs) in these corporate offices somewhere. I mean, I feel a lot of the work at that very high level is, you know, making those key decisions. It's, you know, reading, you know, reading a bunch of summaries that are prepared by other people in the corporation and taking them as tea leaves and being like, okay, this means we should go in this direction or we should say yes to this or no to this. You know, like, I don't feel like they're doing so much down in the weeds and all of that. So yeah, it's like, I don't think, I think like at the middle levels when they cut people, it's probably shifting, you know, like, okay, somebody's going to have to pick up some serious work, but I mean, I assume that at this level, it's just high level decision making and they're going to move that to somebody else. Yeah. 
but it also like I mean at that level they're setting the tone and they're setting messaging and they're you know determining what tea leaves are going to be read you know how are they you know what information are they going to use to make those decisions and everything so it could lead to some sort of cultural shift all righty um let's go all right Rhiannon one or six I think that's all we got left I mean I think while we're on that subject let's go with number one I mean yeah so this was a big surprise and this is one that I think people might feel really differently on um victoria alonzo is gone from marvel she was pretty suddenly fired i mean at first it was just like she's left the company but now it seemed like she definitely got canned um her side is acting like it was unjust and that you know marvel is maybe getting rid of her because they didn't like how much noise she made about certain issues that she thinks is are important um on the flip side marvel has sort of or there's been the suggestion from Disney that she was breaking her contract and violating like anti-competition things that are in that contract. Uh, the only thing I've seen about Kevin Feige is that he basically didn't step in either way. Like he didn't tell Disney not to do it, but he also didn't like fight for her, but that was just like one sentence in a trade report. I don't know, Adam, do you have any thoughts about all this falling out and what it means and if it's concerning? If if the discourse involves a mega corporation and like an employee and, and a contract dispute, I'll never ever side with the corporation. I don't give a shit what the employee did. It's they lost zero money for her doing a press day for Argentina in nineteen eighty-five or whatever. The movie was they even redid her contract so she could work on that um it's 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 very suspect you know they they fired her when there were mass layoffs and i know marvel studios is a cash cow but at the same time you know when it hit the fan with the pandemic uh disney furloughed you know it's it's pr staff you know i mean they're they're going to fire who i mean you know someday they may fire kevin feige if they need uh to cut that much money you know um there's rumors that marvel studios animation is uh it's probably public by now but marvel studios animation is probably going to be a a huge victim of the um of the layoffs or already has been just because it's it's not um box office type stuff but it's it's crazy whatever good for uh, uh victoria she's going to probably get a job at amazon or she's probably going to get a job at netflix or she's probably gonna get a job somewhere there's um there was the vulture reporter um tweeted um that she was you know singularly responsible for all of marvel's uh, visual effects problems um, but that's not a uh, a one person problem. It's it's definitely a, a systemic issue. But um, yeah, I don't know. If, if you tweet that, why don't you run a story on it? You know, especially if you have the sources. That's kind of the the uh, thing that's kind of holding me back from that type of stuff. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's you know, visual effects have suffered. Uh, Marvel Studios absolutely runs the industry, and it's it's criminal how little they pay these people. I got in another argument on Discord with one of these FM fans um, because they 
they argued that uh, they signed the contract, so they know what they're getting into. But that's that's a whole other topic. We can we can do a side podcast for that. But it's so friggin' stupid how Marvel treats the, these visual effects vendors. Man, they 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 pay criminally low wages, and then they go through twenty rounds of reshoots, and they're having these vendors, you know. Um, working up until the final day before the premiere and it's just asinine and uh the the track record recently doesn't uh shows they don't really deserve to you know do that i mean ant-man three by all accounts was effectively a mess you know uh when it comes to when it comes to marvel properties you know it's in danger of becoming the lowest grossing ant-man movie like no caleb you have thoughts on that but it's I don't know, man. First of all, they need a union. Absolutely. Visual effects workers need a union. Um, and at the same time, you know, one person can't. People bend over backwards to defend Marvel leadership. You know, where's they fans think Kevin Feige oversees everything when it's a success. But what's he's doing with with this stuff? You know, what's he What's he doing with the Jonathan Major stuff? Obviously, they're not going to uh, issue a statement on that. Um, you know, it's just, it's bizarre. It's very odd that they uh, chose to fire um, an LGBTQ plus uh, Latina out of everyone else, you know, at Marvel Studios for so- uh, for, for a contract dispute that yeah it's probably in the contract but at the same time it lost disney zero money you know they lost zero cents over it well i'm sure it's a little bit from column a and a little bit from column b that i mean looking for a scapegoat scapegoat on the vfx stuff looking for a scapegoat on the on the movies losing money and having this contract issue that they can use as a reason and i mean i I have a feeling that it's none of these, but it is super sad to lose this advocate who like was very vocal about some of the direction that she was going to keep Marvel going. That's all I wanted to add. Yeah. I, what I think is what strikes me, what frustrates me though, about a lot of the conversation I've heard and, you know, like, honestly, I think a little bit, Adam, I heard it just in what you said, like, on the one hand, everybody wants to stand up for her, but then immediately they also want to go at Marvel Studios for how their leadership mistreats VFX artists. She is the number one singular person most responsible. I agree it's a systematic issue, but like there was no one more responsible for how Marvel deals with VFX people than her. And so like the idea that they would let her go after, as you put it, they mistreat the artists and then they get inferior results. Yeah, well, somebody is 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 guilty of that. And she is the one who at least had the title of being the one that was in charge of all of that. Like, I, I see it a little more of what you're saying, Rhiannon, of I think they wanted to fire her for what was going on with VFX and the way the VFX system's been a mess for a year or two. And this contract thing just gave them a black and white thing, right? Because if you fire somebody for like, Oh, we didn't think that their um, performance was up to qual like was was sufficient. That's like a gray area that you can argue about what is sufficient and what's not. 
But if she had her contract, you can't promote another movie, and she did promote another movie. It becomes a black and white thing that HR can say, no, you had a rule, you had a line, you crossed the line. And it gives them like a more lawsuit proof way to get rid of somebody they want to get rid of anyway, because they didn't think they were doing their job particularly well, you know? I also just cannot believe the VFX issues that Marvel has. Disney pioneered animation. They did this through like them being the experts in animation they they created the technology and everything in that regard why they have outsourced all of this when they had an opportunity five ten years ago to set themselves up as like the experts in vfx like why they didn't decide to do all of this in-house and and continue that legacy of being pioneers in you know the the visual realm baffles me and that's just sort of my side tangent i think though it's it's just cheap just being cheap yeah well it's paying off in nothing you know it's paying off by looking cheap you can say the same thing about parks and their imagineers i mean for years disney parks have been the vanguard of new attractions and my understanding is they've hemorrhaged employees because they're just not so like now all of the best people that were trained at Disney World work for Universal because Disney just doesn't put any money into, you know, building up their own staff for that kind of stuff, you know. Man. Well, we'll see. Cause so far, if I had to compare the Guardians ride to the Hagrid ride, they're both amazing, but I think Guardians still wins okay that's good so yeah i mean i think it's hard i think there's certainly possibilities Uh, i think what's a little confusing on everything is that it seems that marvel and disney have put her up front and center to speak about the issues she's passionate about and i think they've been like publicly very proud of what she's done so it seems a bit weird to fire her then if that's the because like even they uh, they just put out this new like docu series on Disney Plus. I don't know if you've seen it called M Power. It's all about like it's like for Women's uh, International Women's Month for March. They did like three or four little documentaries about female characters in Marvel. Alonzo is like the star of the show, and that came out two weeks ago. Like the idea that they don't like what she says and have been trying to hide her doesn't totally match up to the amount of interviews it seems that they put her up into in public spaces they put her into. they're publishing her memoir in like what? three or four months it's insane and so like i don't want to discount the possibility that there would be some misogyny or sort of homophobia or however you put it about her within the corporate ranks but at least on the outside if anything, it seems that they have given her a pedestal above like a Nate Moore or a Louis. De- like, have you ever seen, do you know what Louis Desposito's face looks like? I don't, but I know what her face looks like. Like, it seems like they have wanted her to have a very public. Role. He uh, looks like Bruce Springsteen. Oh yeah. Kind of, sort of. Um, it, it's the pub. It's, it's PR versus what their actions, you know, then there's the report that um they wanted to they uh requested she remove the a pride sticker from a window in ant-man 3 so they could show the film in kuwait you know the world's third biggest film market 
and she refused so they had some other visual effects vendor do it so yeah, yeah it's the the words versus actions thing man it's just how much money are you making from kuwait no fifty thousand so, dollars i was about to say adam that 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 story just ticked me off because i was like from a little bit from both sides like i see her stance but also like if you say no they're still gonna do it without right. you you know but like the idea that disney would be like hell-bent they're like no we need to make all two hundred and seventy-two thousand. i am pretty confident that victoria alonzo made a whole lot more in salary yeah. a year than they're gonna make on the entire ant-man and the wasp quantum mania kuwait box office poll yeah, so like why is anybody fighting about it like who i see where she would have a principled stand but from disney's perspective just don't release it in kuwait who cares yeah. it's so bizarre who who knows man it's disney and that's why i was i would guess this first round's the smallest of the three rounds you know um next month i won't be surprised to see you know marvel studios impacted a bit we've already seen hulu and um 20th tv merge or something like that or abc uh signature excuse me and uh 20th tv um yeah i mean they're they're laying off seven thousand people and it's largely going to be entertainment it seems so um we'll see what other consolidations there are i would guess like i said i would guess animation's probably a big a big piece of that puzzle to come i would say and i think it necessarily kind of has had to be in as much as parks is their cash cow yeah. and there's already complaints that parks are understaffed so like mm. the, like when this came out they're like they're cutting seven thousand people but probably nobody at disney world or disneyland yeah. well oh, okay that cuts <laughs> off a huge chunk you know that like puts it pretty squarely on the entertainment side yeah you know, if it's me, just shut down ABC forever because no one watches network television. But, you know, <laughs> that's just my take. ABC missed out on the procedural train, man. You know, yeah, CBS represent, man. CBS is just... CBS is network television. There, There's nothing but CBS. CBS always. Yep. Just um, entertaining those 67-year-olds all day long. They are, man. They are. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think some of it is the Fox acquisition necessarily had to bloat the company. And when you're making those kinds of acquisitions, you sort of need for PR reasons and antitrust reasons to downplay how many people you'll fire for redundancies. But then three or four do- years down the road, you can then get away with, you know, because the reality is, I don't know exactly how it works, but when you talk about like TV studios, you know, consolidating, they probably don't need a bunch of people in different roles in both ABC Signature and, you know, 20th Century TV. Like, you can all just make the same shows and slap a different label on the front of it. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure there's just some redundancy stuff that happens there. So. Speaking of people who should be laid off, did you guys see David Zaslov made $230 million salary? in 2021 yeah every dollar he saved from not putting out his his salary was like three million dollars and then his bonus his annual bonus was whatever he had like 50 million and 
stock units, RSUs or whatever. And then the rest of it was just an annual bonus. And it's like, come on, man. Jesus. And Warner Brothers, like current um, market share on movies has gone in the toilet. You know, like they just they make nothing on movies anymore. James Gunn has probably a dream job. You know how much money he's probably making as the head of DC Studios and he still gets to make movies himself? Yeah, it kind of makes me wonder, like, is he getting paid a separate salary to direct these things? Or is it just part of the job, right? He's got to be for, like, liability, right? He's got to be getting paid from the the old LLC for the movie. Yeah, 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 for all that weird Hollywood bookkeeping crap. All right, that brings us to our last um, news story. Uh, Oh, yeah, Fantastic Four has a writer. Avatar 2's writer Josh Friedman has jumped on for Fantastic Four. Um, do you guys have any thoughts about uh, this edition? I still haven't seen Avatar 2. Is it good? Adam, come on, man. It's great. I've seen it a couple times. Oh, it's not great. Is it great um, because of the writing or is it great because of the visual effects? So here's my thing. I've been thinking more about this. I'm really excited about this hire because Avatar 2, they take the main character and they give him a family, right? He's got a couple teenage kids. He has a wife. There's a lot about the family dynamics and I found myself truly caring about the family and they're all giant blue people living on a planet on the other side of the planet. That is a very good sign to me. Like the most important thing with Fantastic Four and the way that it's never succeeded is they've never really made it feel like an actual family drama with real family tensions. And Avatar 2 did enough of that with the main character's family that I'm excited about this. I think that this guy might have the chops to be able to do this and do it well. And, you know, Avatar 2 is not like the most brilliantly written thing, but it gets the interpersonal dynamics right. And that's, I think, what matters here. So, Did you see apparently Avatar itself spoiled a major moment in Avatar 3 or like two major moments? Apparently. No. There's the, in the behind the scenes thing, they, uh, had so they were doing a table read or something and they did a close up of the script. Oh no. Three, and the internet found out. That's dumb. So that's out there if you want Avatar 3 spoilers. Uh but no, I don't want to rain on your parade. This is just the first pre-write of Fantastic Four or pre-write, rewrite. Um and there's like so we have two writing teams, so we have probably 18 or 19 to go. So maybe maybe there's uh maybe there's some of his his script will make it through to the end. Knock on wood. Yeah. Oh, Thunderbolt's got a new writer too. Was that on your list? Oh, it wasn't. No, we didn't talk. I mean, we didn't add it here. Um, it was a guy who's worked um on a Netflix show whose name is escaping me. Um, the show's name is Beef. Beef. There we go. Beef. Um, Stephen Yen was a star of that, and Jake Schreier directed it, I guess. So they're they're reuniting, and he said it was a, a rewrite. So, um, we shall see. It is also very interesting. You know, remember those ghost rumors from a couple months back? Variety. Uh, Hannah John Kamen was the only one not listed in the Variety report they broke down the entire team and left her off so maybe she actually is removed 
Oh, so the only person with powers they're going to take out? Yeah, Yeah, it's uh, super interesting. So we shall see. Not to flame, not to fan those flames, but yeah, it's just peculiar that uh, they left off one actor. So, I mean, so Captain America is filming now, which it Uh needs to if it's going to make next May, which I think you know, it's important for them to have that big May release. So I would think that's not in too much danger. Um, Guardians, I guess, is locked. Uh, Marvels, my understanding is they've been doing some more reshoots, but just to add stuff, it should be fine for November since it's been pushed. So, I mean, Thunderbolts is kind of next up, right? Like, I guess that should start filming another month or two? Yeah, no, they said June. Okay. Or David Harbour said he started filming in June or someone said so. Which that's pushing it because that's next July, right? Supposed to be. Until we get the another round of delay stuff. Uh, unless they're going real street level with this and they're getting rid of anything fantastic and so it has half the VFX work. And so like possible. But you know what? Now that Thunderbolts has turned into what it is, and again, I'm okay with it being different, like if they wanted to make it like a Winter Soldier style movie that only cost a hundred million dollars to make, and like, I don't know, sort of John Wicked it up, I'm cool with that. Like, that's not a problem for me. They're gonna put an inhibitor in Sentry's neck so he can't fly. <laughs> yeah, well, if it's Sentry, that'll be interesting. If it's but... Sentry, yeah. And then after that, Deadpool three. I mean, they're starting to cast that thing up as well. I didn't have that in the news, but they've. Added a few faces here or there. I guess Dopinder's uh, Dopinder's back and uh, Blind Al is back. So that's probably going to start filming here pretty soon as well. So it seems, I don't know, after, I, maybe I'm wrong. It seems like the trains are starting to get back on the tracks a little bit. But in part because they're the just tracks, not doing though, as But much. now they're just having everything backlog. Because Echo's probably not coming out until 2027 now. So, you know... So it's everybody kept talking like, oh, we're only going to get Secret Invasion and Loki. That's it this year. But then something came out the other day, right? That Disney is going to do at least three shows this year. Isn't that correct? I don't know. I mean, they're going to do Loki, Secret Invasion, and probably Agatha? No. Well, Echo's in the I don't know. I don't know. Echo's I mean, supposed to be in the can. Echo and Ironheart should both happen first. Oh, those both those both filmed first. Okay. And a Halloween special and what if? Okay, so we haven't talked about this. Is that Mephisto Halloween special real, Adam? Have you seen the rumors? By all accounts, case? yeah. They filmed it on the uh Agatha set. Wow. So I don't know what, I mean, I'm sure it's all, you know, a soundstage with, with green screen and it's just Sasha Baron Cohen just walking around <laughs> or something. I don't know what else it would be unless it leads into Agatha or something. Well, given how much you're into Werewolf by Night, I would think you'd be pumped about this. Oh, I am pumped uh, if it comes out, you know. I mean, the key to remember is Werewolf by Night, oh, Werewolf by Night was largely practical is the one thing um and that filmed in two weeks 17 days i think they filmed that in yeah um mephisto is certainly not it unless they just you know slick back his hair and put him in a suit 
<laughs> like most people do with the devil. Yeah. But we'll, uh, yeah. I don't know. There's no way we're getting all those shows we just listed. It'll be interesting to see because Mephisto is supposed to be an Ironheart, correct? Mm-hmm. So I so, wonder if it would be Secret Invasion and like Loki and then Ironheart. And then um, is there even space between June and Halloween era to well, fit three shows in the. As you said that, I'm, I'm like, okay, so one, two, three, four, five, six. So we go through the end of July with Secret Invasion. And then if you immediately did Loki, that takes you to September 13th. And then if you immediately did Ironheart, I mean, there's not space to do all three of those. So, Before, but maybe he shows up in like episode three or four of Ironheart, you know? Yeah, or maybe it's disconnected enough that we can meet him in the Halloween no, special first. Yeah. yeah. Fascinating. Who knows? Well, at Comic-Con, I'm sure they'll give us a brand new release schedule that's totally fake and will never happen. It does sort of like allow them to like reload every year at Comic-Con because all the dates have changed since last year. So every year they can do the thing where they put a big calendar on the wall and go, this is coming out and then this because it's all different from what they said a year ago. (laughs) Comic-Con, which is only 109 days away. Yeah, that's wild. So you guys thinking we get Daredevil trailer or what? Oh, Secret Invasion trailer this Sunday tomorrow oh was that announced somewhere or is this just yeah it was on uh it's probably during the uh women's national championship go hawkeyes but uh yeah i don't know when all right i think that's all the news we were able to talk about more stuff than i thought we would anything else you guys got i don't think so all right well we will um yeah we'll chat again soon Thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks to everybody who supports us on Patreon. We'll see you guys later.